Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my Truth Tell Me Yours. On this episode, I speak with Chris Dempsey. Uh, Chris is a carpenter, photographer, actor, uh, you know, multi-hyphenate. Chris hosts the Wouldn't It Be Cool podcast also on this network. Uh, I had wanted to talk to Chris for some time. Uh, I was actually going to talk to him when I was on my uh, cross-country trip. He was out in Seattle at the same time that I was, but scheduling-wise, it just didn't line up. So luckily, we were able to meet in Sonny's in Dover, New Hampshire, which is where he records most of his uh, Wouldn't It Be Cool podcasts. Um, so it's a, there's, there's definitely some noise in the background. Um, and kind of keeping with the, the podcast leapfrog that I've done. So my very first podcast was with Michael Venn. And then several months later, I was recording a podcast with Judy Purrington, who uh, uh, my first time meeting her uh, and Michael happened to pop into the coffee shop that we were in and talk. So he was on our, uh, on that podcast for a second. Well, Judy was working at Sonny's this night. So I had Judy, uh, say hello on it as well. So, you know, keeping the, the leapfrog of podcast going. So, uh, we'll see if I run into Chris when I'm talking to someone else and I'll have him, uh, comment on that. Um, anyway, so th- this episode is sponsored by, uh, we are dapper ties. If you go to, we are um, if you need a tie, they have all sorts of ties on the website, uh, not too expensive. And if you put in promo code TRUTH, you get free shipping in the continental United States. Uh, yeah, so go to wearedappertize.com for all your tie needs. So enjoy this conversation with Chris Dempsey. easier slating them. Uh, I didn't do it for the whole first season and then I'd like record, oh, yeah. you know, three or four and then I'd go drop them off and he's like, okay, who's this? To Duncan? Yeah, yeah Duncan. Yeah, yeah. And then we'd have to listen to it for a little while. So when I went on the road trip, I just made sure I, it was so much easier that way. And also, for the first season, I would record my intros. I would wait and record my intros when we were at his studio. Now I just do it once I'm done, like, you know, kind of yeah. like how Joe Rogan does it. And it's just a real brief, like, hey, this is who I talk to, blah, 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 boom. Yeah, I found the same thing because I don't, um, I'll record them. And I'm not, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm so bad about my schedule, especially lately, but yeah. um, with the whole Seattle trip and all that. But yeah. I, um, I would record one or maybe two I didn't like to have too many in the bank because yeah. I was I was putting them out like at the most rapid every two weeks yeah so if I had a bunch in the bank they felt real old to me sure and then I uh, and then when I I would go what I my routine was I'd record the podcast and I would just go home mm-hmm. and then when I wanted to upload it part of the routine of uploading it was sitting at the computer get the microphones out record an intro Dude. record yeah. an outro and then upload it Excuse me, and I just found like I'd be like, "What the hell did we talk about?" So right. I couldn't be like, "Hey, I saw with Scott, and we talked about this." Right. It'd just be like, "He's a great guy. Right. You're gonna really like this." Right. 
Well, that was that's what I was doing too because it was oftentimes like you know a week or more since I recorded it. So now I'm like I just do it right afterwards so it's fresh. But then when I listen back to it, I was you know when because I always because they're not like scripted. They're not really like interviews. It's just like a conversation. Right. I'm very much in the moment. So like half the time, like when I listen to it again, I'm like I forgot we talked about that. I forgot about which I I like. It kind of keeps it fresh. It does. It's cool. It's like funny listening back to it. It's just like it's like you're engaged. It's yeah. like you weren't there for when sure. you're listening to this conversation. <laughs> it's it's cool. funny. Uh, the, the first one, uh, so um, for people listening, you, you, you have the Wouldn't It Be Cool podcast, um, which was my first... My, I think the first episode I listened to was the one that you did with uh, Erica Wilson, aka Brick and oh, Brack, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I've, oh, yeah. I, I, it was I, long too. Yeah, that was a long freaking podcast. Well, it's funny because it's good, it's long. I um, I've known her for a while, yeah. uh, so but most people know her kind of her social media yeah. persona yeah. which uh, that's not how I met her at all you know I met her through friends and whatnot actually the first time I met her I was living in Arizona came back for a dinner party at a friend's house and she was there she was dating someone who was a friend of a friend at the time so but it was it was one of the days that I was driving to Nashua and it was a half day so um, two of the days that I worked I would only work four to, four to nine which it's like, okay, driving an hour and a half each way to work a five-hour shift is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I would try and find, like, a different route, and I would, sometimes I would go through Concord, and I remember, because I took, like, a, I took, I think I took Route 3 all the way, which, like, took me almost three hours, but it was, like, because I was like, oh, I can listen to this entire podcast. Oh, on yeah. This. yeah, so it was sort of, like, on purpose. Oh, right. Uh, you know, I stopped in Concord, had lunch, and then, so, but it was funny because, uh, you know, some uh, Erica's uh, her online persona. Some people have opinions about it. Yeah. And it was I reached out to a friend of mine who and I was I was like, "Gotta listen to this interview," and he's like, "I'm not interested." And I'm like, "No, it's a really good conversation." Yeah. I was like, "And you get to kind of see the real side of her." Um, you oh, know, that's was, cool. Yeah, it was cool to hear because because when I when we did the podcast. Um, I didn't really know her. Yeah. I only knew the, the persona. Sure. You know, and uh, I mean, shit. Literally. Yeah. I think I think maybe five total minutes of conversation. Yeah. Before that. Yeah. You know, so I feel like um, I again without without really knowing her at the time. I still, even afterwards, I was like, I felt like that got real. Sure. I oh, felt absolutely. Like, I felt absolutely. like she kind of like yeah, and I, and know, I let some guard down or whatever you want to put it, you know. And, and I was couch surfing in November and December, and one of the buddies I was staying with, she's couch surfing with now. Oh, so, yeah, you know, yeah. I saw her, I don't know, maybe a month ago, and I was talking to her about it, and I was like, yeah, it's that way back. I was like, that was a great podcast, because... She's been talking about heading west for a while, yeah. and I was like, "All right, I got to get you on." I was like, "It's been long enough that you were on Chris's podcast yeah. that I, yeah, I yeah. you know." Well, it's funny because there's like, there's like three or four podcasts done by people in this area that are kind of similar, right. you oh, know. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's you know neither one of us has you know has cornered the market on sitting down and talking to people. I mean, it's it's literally yeah, the oldest that. thing that two human beings have been doing. That's you know? exactly what I said. So. Yeah. Um, and 
it's funny because when I first started talking about doing it, I was like, a couple people were like, well, what's the hook? And I'm like, there's no hook. It's just two people talking. Yeah. And for the most part, most of them are people that I know, you know, at some point in my life. But it's, you know, sometimes it's not or sometimes it's like tangential. And it's like, I'm like, it's not supposed to be an all-encompassing, this is who this person is. This is just... right two people talking here and now and it's because I don't edit them either so it's just kind of the arc of the conversation so you know it's um, funny I had that exact same I I said the exact same thing because I was I don't know maybe you know four, five, six, seven into it um, I just I came to the um, observation that whenever we were done unanimously every single person was like that was so much fun yeah yeah. and I was and it was just but it the it dawned on me. It was like, yeah, that was so much fun. Exactly what you said, like yeah. doing the oldest thing known to me. Yeah. Like we we get we are at, for some reason, and we can sort of pinpoint why, but um, we're so detached from just sitting down and putting our phones away right. and like having a conversation and just like getting to know someone. I've actually been finding the same thing about photography. Yeah, like getting together with someone to do a photo shoot that I don't also might not even know. Sure. I did a shoot with a guy the other day. I literally never met. Yeah, never. Even spoke to, him. yeah, and like the two of us just met, like, hey, Johnny, Chris, Chris, Johnny, yeah, and uh, let's photograph you, yeah, and so how'd it go? It was awesome. Nice. It was awesome. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's like, he's a young kid. He's 21 years old, and um, he's a hustler. He's like doing it for, he's trying to model for a living. Yeah, uh, he's a DJ for a living, and he goes to school, and he's like 21 and lives outside Boston. He's yeah. just fucking like. In, insanely handsome. <laughs> it's got like the fucking hey, why not? world by the ball. Yeah, like, work it if you got it. Yeah, so he, uh, but I was just kind of that same, like, this is cool. This is cool like that too. It's like, it's this, it's not the most attractive word, but it's a forced interaction mm-hmm. that always ends up just like, yeah. that was so good. It's like, yeah. it's like a break yeah. from not doing it. You know? It was interesting. Uh, do you know Nate Laban at all? No. He's, um, he is the singer and one of the guitar players in that band, Sam Hill. I don't know if you've heard of them or not. I've heard that name, but... He's I've... played in a bunch of area bands for the last several years. I, I sat down with him four or five days ago at his barn the other end of Dover and uh, we were talking about you know hobbies that we have and things that we do and it it was basically like at the end of the day it's really whatever the activity is it's an excuse to spend time with a person and interact with them because I mean it's funny because we're so weird in that you can't like I mean, I'm sure some people have friends that they can do this with. For the most part, you can't be like, hey, you want to come over and just talk and be around each other? I mean, which is essentially what we're doing. Right. But it's an odd question. Yeah, if you, yeah but, it's, <laughs> but it's funny because it's one of the, you know, other than, you know, sleep, shelter, food, sex, companionship is one of the primary things that yeah. humans crave all yeah. the time. And that's so funny, too, because the more... Like, and I know you've you, you've definitely talked about this in sort of like the crux of yeah, your your podcast is um, we're always distracted by you know our technology yeah. and we're you know we don't really take the time to listen yeah, to each yeah. other. Yeah, um, we're distracted and we are. Um, uh, glued and distra- distracted but pulled you know we're pulled yeah. to it and it's uh, yeah it's I, I've been getting more and more I'm actually going to interview a woman hopefully in sort of like inside a month who wrote a book on rearing kids 
in this day and age yeah. around technology, around social media. Yeah. And I'm like insanely psyched to talk to her about yeah, it. Yeah, that sounds cool. Is it gonna be for when it be cool? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. She's like a New York Times bestselling author, like wrote this book and it's gonna be really I heard her on and you know I can't I wanna say it was Ritual Podcast, but I'm not positive. But I heard it and I was like that was so interesting and then I found out she's in New Hampshire, so I just reached out. Yeah. And she cool. she responded positively, so hopefully inside a month. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I remember reading something in the last year about how you know kids, kindergarten kids, now like in the last five years when they're enrolled when they're first starting school, they're I guess like usually when a kid studying five in kindergarten yeah, yeah. you know their vocabulary is generally around about six or seven hundred words right and in the last five years the majority of kids in public schools when they start in kindergarten it's now like half that oh, they really? said a big part of that is because kids pick up words from you know and not, and not to gender stereotype because of 12 parents but traditionally it's usually the mother talking to them as yeah. a child and yeah. now particularly with younger mothers they're on their phone yeah. and they just you know not talking to the kid and that's having you know and we have no idea how that's going to affect yeah. future generations I just heard it I was listening to a podcast today and I just heard it. it's like a uh you know, just described as a social, you know, a social experiment. It's yeah. Like right now, it's happening. We oh, yeah. are experimenting. Yeah. We're yeah. We're too close to it. like you and I probably won't see the long-term effects, but right. people twenty years younger yeah, than us. I, I wonder, um, just because, um, like my kid, I might see it with. I don't know. I might see it with my kids, or maybe yeah. my kids' kids. Um, but it is. It's really interesting. It's really. It's. It's. Um, I'm trying. I was having this conversation last night with my mother, and I was. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to like straighten my thoughts out for a second. Yeah, yeah. But um, I was. I was asking about. I was. I was talking about it. We were having this whole conversation around social media, and then I was talking about how kids are. Uh, they're they're like prisoner of this thing, you know, and they and they're lacking these social skills, or, or they're. I mean, they really are, yeah. and they're and they're 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 trapped in like being able to distract themselves and not be alone with their own thoughts, right. and it's creating like depression, and it's creating like there's a real sense of like uh, I'm, uh, like for example things that are like examples could be bullying. So when you were a kid, when we were kids yeah. and we went to school, if we got bullied, it ended at school, right. and we went home, and then we might have to. You know, <clears throat> not be looking forward to the next day, but now it but has the potential. Home, yeah. But it has the potential to just be literally twenty four seven. Yeah, with social media. Yeah. yeah, and then you have things like just going to just what we were talking about. Hey, want to come over and like just hang out? Right. So, in the old days, just conceptually think about if we were going to go over, like we wouldn't care what we were wearing. We wouldn't right. care. We wouldn't even have the idea that someone would know that I was doing it or that someone would care that I was doing it. Right. And now it's like, we have cam like kids have cameras on them 24 seven yeah. and kids have judgment on them 24 yeah. seven. And, yeah. and it's, it's, it's really potentially extremely damaging. Like yeah. obviously like teen suicide rates oh, are yeah. like skyrocketing yeah. and anger. Like, so I was talking to 
I, and some of some young people that I are still in my life and that I still know, I'm seeing like this kind of. Uh, and I also read an article recently, but it was like this. It was from the voice of the article. It was from the voice of the teen. Yeah. And the teen was saying, you know, I binge watch Netflix to distract myself. Yeah. And I don't want to be alone with my own thoughts. My room is messy because it matches my thoughts and feelings and stuff. And so I was talking to my parents about this whole conversation last night. And, and um, it was kind of cool because I learned something about myself. All right. I don't know, maybe I got reminded of something about myself yeah. as a teen, but they were, I I was like a troubled, like I was a, a, basically like a punk. Yeah. But I was, like the way they described it though, and I'm attaching this to kids now, like raising kids now, it's like we're really worried. Like we're worried. Because yeah. if our kid is like, really angry and really depressed and 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 held prisoner by this fucking phone and social media yeah it's really concerning because it because we feel trapped and we feel like they are trapped whether they feel it or not right and it's creating this stuff so i was so i was trying to think back on like kids that i knew back in the day and myself and my parents you know they were just saying like no, like you had your moment, like you did dumb shit, right. but you were a happy kid and you were an honest and open kid. Yeah. And I think that is like what we were touching on before too, like with around conversation. So like we have, we, our parents talked to us sure, and we had conversations and we hung out with our friends and had conversations and they were private yeah. and they were trustworthy and, and like, so... I don't that's just those are just thoughts like you know yeah. it's really it's it's super 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 scary yeah, and it's I, frustrating as hell I think it's gonna get I think it's gonna get darker before yeah, we yeah because it is out. like what's the, the like you're, you see all these solutions like I hear you know some some schools are like kids and they have their phones in class and it's like like and it's the same sort of thing as parenting with a phone it's like teaching with a phone it's like teaching with that same sort of like they can't be bothered enough to take the phones away from the kids in class like that's crazy so it's like some schools it's like a big deal it's an article about a school that doesn't let their kids have the friggin phone at their desk and be on it during class it's insane and then like so then I read about these things the other day the um it's like the gray bag. Did you, did you see that at all? I, is it the same thing that you're doing at some concerts now where yes, it's like a exactly, lock bag? Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 So it's like a phone-free environment. Right. And I think that's how it's going to... So well, I guess my, my most optimistic view of potential is that these lock bags are going to be a source of enlightenment sure and people are going to see the value in self-control and setting boundaries and actually do it yeah because right now they're like it's the wild west it's <laughs> it is people can't like it, they just can't they're not and um, they is me right it's the same oh like, yeah no myself certainly included it was uh it was interesting because one of the things when i did my trip was because you know, a couple of people before I left were like, you got to take a ton of pictures. And I was like, I'm actually not going to. I mean, and I took, you know, relatively speaking, a, a fair amount of pictures. But I tried to stay off social media. As yeah. I basically did one post a day. Yeah. Hey, this is what I did today. Yeah. Um, because I was like, well, the trip is for me. And no matter 
how desperately I try and capture it, yeah. it's only gonna be yeah. you know a thumbnail sketch of right. the experience I had. Right. So why bother? And and even as a practice, yeah, and just you know, I mean, you see it at concerts all the time now. Um, Watching yeah. the concert well, through like, your phone. Well, like, good good example, the Super Bowl that just happened. Um, you know, the halftime thing when Justin Timberlake played, he started out, and it, it was like, they, I don't know if you saw it. I but, did not. Um, it was the first Super Bowl I had watched in 20 years, but it was <laughs> a friend of mine that invited me over, and I was yeah. like, and I don't get to see her all that often, so I was like, sure. Yeah. And Justin Timberlake was a halftime show. So. Right. Uh, <laughs> um but it's, it started out actually underneath the state, and it was like they made like a mock club where he was playing on a oh, tiny cool. stage. But it, and you know they had a crowd of maybe thirty or forty people yeah. there. But as he's performing, everyone has their phones up, and I'm like, it's the Super Bowl halftime. Like, it's literally going to be all over the internet yeah. in in a matter of it's minutes. It's being recorded. <laughs> Why do you need to document it? Like, yeah. it's like, I, I know. you know, and. But in the end, like, what are we stockpiling? What are we archiving right. oh all this God. stuff for? Are we? Yeah. But I think we all have this kind of like false sense of importance that I must document everything that I do because someone's going to need this as a reference yeah. when when I'm the great. But they don't whatever. have your password. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they got to cut your thumb off. Yeah. And use it to get into your phone. But so I mean, so much of what we're doing is it feels like preparation for a future date but we're missing out on the life that's happening all around us because of it you know so I mean that was really kind of when I started doing this uh, podcast it was um, you know for at least the last 10 years I was making on purpose time to like get coffee get a drink with friends you know like and different people all the time like I know like I've kept in touch with a lot of people throughout my life and ultimately the next time I met up with someone else I would end up telling yeah I was hanging out with my buddy so and so and they did this this and this you're like oh that's really cool you know a lot of interesting people and it got to the point where I was like I'd like to start recording some of these just because I realize like because I know people all over the country and all over the world and they're never all going to get to meet each other but it's almost like making like a you know Edmonds sampler of awesome people that I know and be like here this is this is a person that does this this is a person that does this so but and through through conversation it's a whole different opportunity it isn't that thumbnail right Right. it is a genuine uh, opportunity to to even, even even listening to a podcast is taking a moment, you know, just like doing it. Yeah, like, for sure. Just focusing on. I mean, I do I do a lot of listening in the woods, like going on walks or running. Mm-hmm. Like put put headphones on, or I, or today at work. So I was like kind of in a solo project. Yeah. So I was able to like put headphones on. And, so what do you what do you do for your for your work work? Uh, <laughs> I'm a carpenter. Yeah. And uh, and I'm trying to wean that out and, and start making money in photography. Mm-hmm. You know, and start um, yeah. like just balls to the walls to make that happen. Well, yeah. I mean, how long have you been doing photography? Because I sort of noticed. I started noticing more and more photography from you once you were out in Seattle. I mean, oh, yeah. were you doing it? You were doing it before as well, right? Um, I had I had just started 
before I left. Um, I had I I had my new camera. Yeah. Um, like when I was about twenty two ish, I modeled a little bit, and then um, in through that I met photographers and I started like getting into photography a little bit. And I actually like I did like fall in love with it. I thought it was a really cool medium, and it really felt good to me. Uh, but I was just a fucking dummy. I was a dummy. Yeah. I just was like, I didn't. I just had no ability to focus and stay focused. Yeah. And I was just, I was way, way too moment oriented. Yeah. And uh, so I dropped it, and let it go for shit, thirty years. Yeah. You know, and I, um, and I just started getting back into our. Uh, into com- anything that could like make money for best bang for the buck and for me most of the time that's been construction like just mm. carpentry and yeah. general construction and then after having two kids that are both extremely creative kids that yeah. will make money with their creativity um, I raised them in a way where I was super super supportive and and like encouraging with just that whole mindset of you know do what you want to do and right and like like of course you can make money doing this of course you should uh, find a way to have this be your living because we have to make a living but you should be able to do this yeah and uh, and by the time that they sort of you know Aiden had been out of high school for a couple of years and Bella was senior year and just graduating and um, I decided to kind of like take my own advice and just I just picked up it's actually when I I guess a couple of years before I started I was doing some acting and just like dabbling and like just t- taking a few acting classes and was in a couple plays around here yeah I was at the Garrison oh, okay. the Garrison Players couple plays there but I was doing classes down in Boston okay what shows did you do uh, I did 12 Angry Jurors 12 yep. Angry Men 12 Angry Men yeah. and uh, my daughter was in 12 Angry Jurors oh, that's okay. why I said that yeah. yeah so 12 Angry Men and then I was in a uh, a uh, I forget what it was called but it was a uh, rate it was a uh, Christmas time uh, radio show. Okay. So the what the viewer was watching was like right. us putting on a radio sure. show. Oh, that's and it cool. Was, oh, it was really fun. Nice. Yeah, it was a really cool, cool vibe. So I did that, and then I and then I started um, uh, in through listening to podcasts. I decided that I wanted to do one, and that was thank you. And that was like another sort of creative outlet for me. So it was like acting, podcasting. Yeah. Um, I thought I wanted to do, and I still kind of do, but it was helping me steer towards photography. I thought I wanted to get into video a little bit, uh, storytelling um, through video. And I, I would like to do that, but um, it doesn't feel as natural as photography. Anymore. Sure. And, uh, and then I just started taking pictures and remembered all about it and just like yeah. fell in love with it. But that's my mindset with photography is, is I like to, um, when I do shoots, um, especially for like my personal projects, which is mostly what I'm doing now, right. obviously, um, I try to come up with like a theme, you know, I yeah. come up with a storyline. And so my model is kind of an actor, you know, I, yeah, I yeah. try to give them a, Hey, here's the, here's who you are. Yeah. Here's where we are. Here's kind of like what I'm trying to yeah. like convey yeah. for the for the most part, you know, like I'm, I am just also just taking things that I think look good. Yeah. But, you know, 
Well, you, I mean, the stuff that I've been seeing is, is really great work. Oh, I appreciate and that. Definitely been posting stuff in earnest. So you know, yeah, 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 it yeah. Seems, yeah. It seems like you know the. <laughs> The, uh, the the creative spark is going right now, so that's yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to. I mean, I'm at the point now, and I have been for a little while, but I'm like, I I I am having trouble sleeping because I'm literally dreaming about so many ideas. I, yeah. It's like ideas swirling and. Um, like I, I'm like I wake up just dreaming of photographs yeah. that I'm taking in my sleep, and I, it's like I was I was just I was like laying in bed the other night, and I like I was saying to myself I was saying the best part of my day is like going to bed and like curling up with my wife, yeah, because she feels so good, right, and it feels so good. But then I also just want to get up the next day. Right. Like that's what like my life is yeah. right now. Is I just I don't. I just want sleep to just like I just want to be done with it and yeah. I want to get up and like just keep doing and yeah. doing and doing and got too oh, much shit to do can't waste uh, it sleeping yeah it's yeah. crazy and it's like I just want to be taking pictures and creating yeah yeah it's awesome I get that way with with an idea for a painting comes into my yeah, head and yeah. I'm like I like it's like a scramble to get it down onto the canvas before yeah. like the you know the inspiration sort of dissipates because so. the, because the next one might come and we and and like dilute that one right that's the way yeah, I or am. supersede it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Or literally just yeah take it out of the way well that's the the thing that I've learned with commission work when someone asks me to do something they start talking to me about what they're looking for I'm like cool I'll get working on it they're like oh I don't need it for like two months and I'm like yeah but we've already started the gears going and if I if I put it on the back burner trying to come back to it later it is like trying to you know it's like pulling teeth trying to get myself back into that mode so I'm like I'd rather just do it while the creativity is there so um how question for you Mm -hmm. In the time that I've been seeing you online, which is like let's say roughly a year, yeah, yeah. you were you were obviously already drawing and painting. Yeah. Do you think that your work has like taken a dramatic incline? I, I do, and also I mean in the last like six months. I'd say the last six months, and really honestly, probably like the last like three months. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and it, you know, it's sort of a it's sort of cheating because I've had enough people to say that to me yeah. too that I'm like, and honestly, it was just one of those things that I was like, all right, if I'm not working full time now, this is my focus. Then it needs to be my fucking focus, yeah. and I'm like, I make myself draw every day. It's yeah. funny because so this year I decided to track it week by week, like. I'm like tallying my hours that I'm doing and whatnot and how many paintings I've done because it's like so this is February 12th and I don't remember the exact number but it's it's like 58 paintings I've done this year so far but this past week was the first week that I had fewer paintings than days like I only did six paintings which some people might be like only six but to me I was like okay like I did like like I think the week before I did 14 however I've been for February. I've been doing this sketch series yeah. every day, yeah, yeah, yeah. and those, those have been cool. The little like the the, the in the box, yeah, yeah. yeah and it was yeah. it was one of those things that it was just I kind of had it. It was kind of a whim, but I think it's really helping with my realism. And you know, one of those honestly takes me about an hour and a half to do. Um, whereas a lot of the paintings I do, I could do in like forty five minutes. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, and one of my 
one of my friends who I visited on my trip, she lives out in Salt Lake City, like reached out and was like, can I buy that? Because I wasn't even trying to do, sell the sketches. It was just, I wanted to do them. I feel like I remember me. this. Yeah. Was it online? Did the person do yeah, it? Yeah, she's like, can I buy it? And I was yeah. like, sure. So I reached and she's like, how much do you want for it? And I told her a price and, she, and then she asked for my Venmo and you know so I gave it to her and then she gave me far more money oh, than right and, and I was like oh that's she's like no it's worth at least that if not more she's nice. like you gotta ask me. but classic that's also the thing that I struggle with is a lot of people tell me I don't charge enough for it but I'm also trying to sell paintings oh, on a regular basis yeah. and I'm like an artist who's been doing it a lot longer than me, a guy uh, who I have a huge amount of respect for, uh, Menton John Matthews III, uh, he does. He did a podcast for a while. It was two painters. and oh, That's a good idea. And he said uh, one of the things that... Uh, I would listen, they I would listen to what they would say more than anyone local because I'm like these are guys who are doing it for a living and they're not superstars I mean one of them uh, this guy David Stupakis did like one of the foreign's album covers so they've they've done some stuff of note but they're not you know they're not you know they don't have gold plated hot tubs and stuff like that they're you know they're very much job to job and he's like people ask me all the time how much should I charge for stuff and he's like as low as your dignity will allow they're like they're like until you build a, yeah. a base and they're yeah. like and he's like and then every 18 months you need to bring it up a little bit just because if you don't a you're not helping yourself out but more importantly you're doing a disservice to the people that have collected stuff that you've done so far that right. their stuff needs to appreciate and value as well so you know i'm slowly doing that but it was like you know um like uh Judy here he bought a painting for me earlier. Say hi, Judy. Hi, See, hi, hi. now we're continuing because <laughs> when her and I sat down, uh, Michael Venn, who was the very first person I talked to, happened into the coffee shop oh, and good. started talking. Yeah, it's true. It's, you know. <laughs> well, it was fun too because when her and I talked uh, probably six or seven months ago, we had never actually met beforehand. I mean, we had mutual friends in common. I had seen her at Roller Derby a bunch, but it was one of those things that was like sitting down. So I think it's appropriate. I, I was telling her, I was like, well, it's appropriate that, you know, I'm recording with, with you here because you and I had never actually met before. It was funny because I had. I had drinks here a couple of weeks ago with someone, and you popped in for a second, and I was like, "I think that's Chris Dempsey," but then you like left, and I was like, "Oh well, I'll, 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 I'll catch up with them eventually." Because we we had we we had planned on getting Seattle. together in Seattle, but scheduling one, I mean, and both of our schedules, because you were, you were out there working, and I was just, I mean, I was in Seattle less than twenty four hours, and it was one of those things that I was like, I want to do it, but. Uh, I was like, I got to get on the road again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was funny. So, what were you? What were you doing out uh, there? Uh, <laughs> I was doing a. Uh, I was building an addition. Okay. Yeah, so it was, but it was just a hell of a project. It was the nail in the coffin for yeah. my 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 commitment to get out of construction and into photography. So yeah. it was a blessing. Yeah. And that you were out there for a good chunk of time. Oh, fuck yeah, we were supposed to be. It was supposed to be like. 10 weeks maybe yeah. you know 8 to 10 weeks and it yeah. turned into 4 and a half months wow yeah I mean did they did they put you up at least or did you have to were you staying uh, in a hotel no um, it was we lived in the house we were working on okay so they were like 
two untouched bedrooms that we were both sleeping in, and there was one untouched bathroom that we were yeah. sharing. Yeah. And uh, um, and then literally outside my bedroom door was the job site. Okay. Just a gutted, completely right. gutted building and new, a new addition attached to it. And about two or three, two weeks into the job, the kitchen was gone. And so we literally ate out breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Which is be careful what you wish for. Yeah. It's a fucking nightmare. Oh, it you know, gets it's old like, real quick. It just gets old. It gets everything. It gets incredibly expensive. Right. It gets super salty and oily. Oh yeah. And it gets and then you drink too much. Yeah. Unless you don't drink. Like I drink. Like I'll have a beer or two with, with dinner. But yeah. if I don't want to go home because there's nothing at home until I'm ready to go to bed, right. I'll have three or four beers. Sure. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, and that's just not my vibe. Like, but there I was in fucking Seattle, like drinking four to five beers a friggin' night after yeah. a while, and just like, oh my god. And then literally the second I came home, I was back to like one. Yeah, yeah. Had you been to Seattle before that? Uh, I was in Seattle for maybe ten hours um, when I. It was where I started my cross country bike trip. Okay. Yeah. So I rode across country. And you, but you started there. And I started in Seattle. I ended in Lexington. Okay. Mass. Um, are you fr- are you from New England originally? Yep. Or? Okay. Yep. I was born and raised in Newton, Mass. Okay. Right outside, about seven miles from Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which I think was a cool place to live. Yeah. It's a cool place to grow up. Like I did all my school there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Every every year, and uh, and it was cool. It was like back to that you know those days these days kind of thing it was also like you know we I was 10 11 12 years old I was jumping on the team going to Harvard Square with my sure. best friend yeah and I was like it was a totally different totally different world sure. with no cell phone yeah yeah see you later be sure. back and, and you know my mother in her vain efforts would try to get me back by dark and I <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I lived in Lynn for a few years when I was a right, kid. Um, I was yeah. born in Gloucester, lived in Lynn, yep. Newburyport, but we, we moved around a lot when I was a kid, yeah, too. Yeah. It's funny because, um, you know, I was last I was talking to someone, like, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how old you are, but I think we're roughly around the same 53. age. 53. Okay, so, so I'm a little bit younger than you. Yeah. Well, you look a lot younger than 53, so I'm 42, so I was oh, yeah, assuming yeah, you were yeah, like 45, yeah. 46, yeah, right, something like that, yeah. so, um, but, uh, well, I mean, doing a cross-country bike, I'm Ooh, sure, yeah, it keeps you, you young. keeps you young, keeps you if fit. If not dead. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I was talking to someone about, uh, you know, because uh, working in Peabody, I go, a lot of times after work, I'll go down to Boston, go to the movies, and yeah. they're like go to Boston a lot I'm like well it's only like another half an hour from Peabody yeah. and they're like yeah but it's a big city I'm like it's no, Boston Jesus. it's not yeah. a big city yeah a, it's not big like, yeah I uh, walked across yeah. that city every day yeah. for years but I just remember when I was in high school uh, and like the year or two afterwards like I was working third shift at a convenience store and I had you know uh, Friday nights and Saturday nights off so I get out of work Friday morning at 7 o'clock go home, shower, pick up a couple friends. We would drive down to New York City, mm. spend the entire day, 
usually go to a diner at like two or three in the morning, you know, get French fries and coffee, stay there till like four or five and then drive back. Yeah, yeah. I never, didn't think, none of us had cell phones at that right. point, you know, or like 95, 96, nobody had no, cell phones. No one knew about it. No one and, knew you did that. Yeah. And and your you friends know what? Didn't we're still alive. <laughs> we're, we're fine. It's just, it's yeah. one of those things. And you have a great memory. Yeah. It's, but it's funny too, like the way we're attached to our devices because I've had a couple times now where you know the phone will die and you have to get a new one sent to you but you have like two to three days where you're without a phone and you get that panic I don't know if you've ever had that situation happen but like like, oh fuck what if what if I need to do this but it's not even it's not even worst case scenario it's just what do I do with myself? I've got some free time. I don't have this thing that I can pick yeah, up and just. I can actually talk to someone right. while standing in line, yeah, waiting and, for the you know bank teller. Yeah, but once that initial kind of panic dissipates, and it usually takes a couple hours, I'm like, it's actually kind of freeing oh. to just. Like, did you see Billy Butler's post? Uh, he posted. I'm not sure which one. He posted um, one more, like the morning after. He posted, went out last night and forgot my phone. Yeah. And it was like the best night I've had in a long time. Yeah. And I yeah. might just start doing this. And I was like, yeah. yes. And I like, I'll do that sometimes. Like, you know, when like, my wife and I go out to dinner, it's like, just like try to leave my phone at home. It's sure. Like, I'm all set. Yeah. I'm all set. Yeah. I went on, uh, I went on a date like three weeks ago and um, it was someone I've known for a while, but we had never like gone out like that before. But yeah. both of us just had, and she she has a twelve uh, year old daughter, so uh, you know once an hour she would just like I, I just, just gotta check, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I was like yeah no problem. But then she was like she's like God, all these people are texting me like hello hello, and then yeah. so I looked at my phone and a bunch of people were like dude, and right. it's not like anyone right. needed me, right. but it was. The fact that I always respond like that and the fact that I wasn't, someone assumed I was under a bus somewhere or something. So she finally put a, a post on Facebook and she's like, hey, everybody, why we're not responding. <laughs> yeah. We're out, you know, we're, we're yeah. out doing something. Yeah. Relax. We're fine. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. The, the, uh, the demand. You know what I mean? Yeah. The crazy demand. Yeah. I had, a, um, I had an interesting experience, though. I mean, this is sort of looking at the flip side of social media so I had a really cool experience on my trip where um, I had a friend um, who I can certainly call a friend now but it was someone that I knew through Instagram and we had messaged a couple times back and forth but she lives in Denver it was like when I was getting closer she's like hey would you want to grab coffee or something yeah sure why not and when it got closer to that she's like I know you're on the road, fixed budget, you know, I don't have a place for you to stay because I have a one-bedroom apartment, but, you know, can I buy you a meal, we can go out, and I was like, sure, and we ended up going to a concert, um, you know, she treated me, and it was, uh, it was that Japanese band, Boris, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, not there, kind of like a, a weird, like, almost throwback Black Sabbath type of band, but it's three, you know, Japanese people, and they all look like they're 25 they've been a band for 22 years so it's like they're all like in their mid 40s but they don't look it and they all wear like ceremonial robes and everything it's a it's cool it's a cool thing but like we've kept in touch and you know we ended up spending like three or four hours just talking and i didn't notice it at the time but 
I noticed afterwards, I was like, the whole time, I wasn't like, I gotta check my phone. It was yeah. just engaged in the conversation. I'm like, that's, for me, that's how I know you found someone that you're connecting with, yeah. is that everything else kind of goes to the wayside. And, you know, and, and I this try, is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fun. This is and I've, I've tried to, like, if I'm on a date or even just spending on purpose time with someone, okay, this is the person I'm making the priority, so that... Right. But it's it's crazy because it is something that I have to make a conscious effort to do at this point. Yeah. So... Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to do with it. Boundaries. Well, it's one of those... I mean, you know, us as adults can at least, you know, utilize our cognitive reasoning to figure out, okay, I don't like how I'm feeling around this and make changes, but like you were saying with kids, like kids are still not fully formed humans, their brains are still developing, and it's just like, you know, this is putting an imprint on their DNA that's going to be so much harder to change 20 years from now than it is for us. Yeah. Yeah, they can't handle... And that's not a slight. That's yeah. that's a reality. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like just you know, what you alluded to. It's like they are they don't have they have not formed the tools. And at least as an adult, we have been given the opportunity to form the tools, yeah. whether we did or not. But like uh, we form the tools, so we are uh, responsible for our own decisions, kind of thing. Yeah. And, can hold ourselves accountable but we already have like certain tools and we also but that'll be interesting as the generations go well we're really kind of the last generation that's going to remember a time yeah. when there wasn't social media yeah. you know I look at 16 year old kids now who their entire lives or at least from like when they were three on yeah there has been a social media presence. I also wonder about, like, I mean, I, you know, new parents post pictures of their little kids, and that's fine, but, like, I've seen friends' kids from birth up until, like, seven or eight years old through social media. Like, there's going to be some negative backlash on that when someone's, like, 22 and runs into people and, like, oh, I've seen you do this, this, and this your entire life. Like, like, there's there's not going to be a sense of privacy just because yeah. their parents have documented their entire yeah. evolution, you know. I mean, it's it's kind of fun for us if, like, a peer posts a picture from, like, junior high or high school and you can kind of laugh at what you're wearing or whatnot. But I think if every single, every single you know, benchmark in my life was documented for the entire internet to see. That's I can't even imagine. Yeah, it would not how be that good. would be. Yeah, my mom posts things like, "Oh, Chris just tried masculine for the first right. time." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, he did it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are parents out there that are posting that. Yeah. Though. Right. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So do you see, you are saying the Seattle trip kind of put the, the nail in the coffin for doing this. Do you see an end uh, in sight? Uh, I'm trying, yeah. Still working on it? Well, it's, it's an interesting, like, it's an, it's an interesting exercise for me in, you know, faith and, um, 
and uh, patience and uh, um, uh, another word is escaping me but um, like diligence yeah yeah um, <clears throat> where you know we're, I mean a, I mean a, a reality my reality mm. is that I'm married and, and like we just bought a new condo and, yeah. and it's it's all in the condo happens to all be in my wife's name mm. so like I have a uh, a, a ethical sure. responsibility to like not just be like Leave her eyes I don't right. care yeah. I'm gonna sure. follow my dream and like you know so there's a pressure related to that and that she feels as well and I don't like that that she yeah. feels that as well you know but so um, but how many she, kids do you have you have two well I have two and then she has three okay um, so I just. I feel, yeah, I feel confident, and you know, I'm just, I'm going through a lot of, like, things, I'm like, excuse me, like a lot of processes, I'm, I'm talking to photographers, I'm talking to model agencies, I'm, I'm like, I'm talking about the business with people that know the business, and, and, yeah. and I'm getting a lot of encouragement, so that's helping me with yeah, this, yeah. like, whole process, um, and I... Like I said, I'm just practicing faith. I'm practicing, like, if I just keep doing it, it's like, and again, it's like, it's like when I was talking about raising my kids, like, I'm taking my own advice. I would tell, I would, I would tell anyone at any time that would say, hey, should I? And I would say, well, if you don't, it definitely will not happen. Right. But if you do, it might. Right. You know what I mean? So sure. I'm, tr I'm trying to, like, uh, much like you're talking about with your drawings and paintings, it's like, I'm just I'm and like you've been observing, like I'm posting, like I'm yeah. putting it out there, like I'm trying to. If I'm not, I'm trying to touch photography every day. And so like if I'm not shooting, I'm editing. watching a video, okay, or I'm editing, or I'm literally like looking at my camera, and just yeah. like like playing with. You're something. sharpening the irons. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And and uh, but I'm just trying to shoot as much as I can, and I have like I I have a couple of sort of photography kind of mentors that I'm, you know, using, utilizing. Sure. And I have some goals and I'm and I'm just gonna like just keep moving forward. My yeah. my attitude is always and I got this actually from one of my bosses in construction where you can imagine like you're you know you're doing a construction project and you and you the job is to like, you know, reframe the window. Yeah. And it's like you could sit there and you could like verbalize every step and you can verbalize every troubleshoot but eventually the boss comes along and says just take step one right step two will present itself right right, right? I mean that that was literally verbatim advice my boss gave me about literally just fucking start working right and I've taken it to like my whole life like yeah. it's like just take step one and step two will present itself so Having never been a professional photographer, I how could I possibly know and 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 uh, uh, go through every single step? I have to just I have to just do it. I yeah. can't think about it. I can't. Yeah. So I'm just taking step one. I've taken step one. I've taken step two, and I'm just like moving forward. Yeah, you just have to take the next step as it comes along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That was I was having a conversation last night actually with the same woman that I met in Denver because she was saying she was saying I can't draw at all and I was like yeah. I was like okay 
do you like drugs? She's like, yeah. I was like, when did you stop? She's like, I don't know, when I was in high school. And I said, was it because you didn't feel it was good enough at some point? Because that's why most people who pursue a creative thing is we're not good enough. And I'm like, you got to... When you say that, you're like, good enough for who? Because no matter what any of us do, you're going to find someone in the world, especially, the, you know, the internet is a great equalizer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to find someone who thinks what you do is the worst shit in the world, and you're going to find someone who thinks you're the most amazing, right. and you're neither. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. But ultimately, you got you got to do it for yourself. Right. And I'm just like, you know, if... And I asked her, I said, does it bring you joy when you draw? She's like, well, yeah. And I said, then start fucking drawing. Yeah. Who gives a And I had to, I mean, I struggle sometimes with posting stuff because I post everything that I work on. Yeah. And, there's a, and a lot of people don't realize that I post a lot of stuff that I'm not proud of. Right. But it takes the ego out of it for right. me, and yeah, it yeah, takes yeah. the guesswork of is this good enough? And I'm like, well, this is a step in my ongoing process right. of improving my own art. Yeah. And I was like, a little bit of accountability too. Yeah, and yeah. it also, I'll look at stuff like, you know, the thing with Facebook is it, it does that, you know, flashback to a year ago thing, and I'll see stuff pop up, and I'm like oh my god, I can't believe how much this has changed in a year, you know, uh, like figurative drawing for one. Yeah. Just like, I can't believe that. And like, and then I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I posted that right, a year right. ago. But I'm sure in a year, something that I did last wow. week yeah, yeah. come up and be like, oh yeah. my god. I, I actually, it's funny, I, I actually, I was trying to, I was going to post something the other day, just like a, a, a verbiage on my, on my page that was something to the effect of, I can't, and I don't mean to say this because I can wait because I'm enjoying the process. Right. But I but theoretically, right. I can't wait till I'm so good that I think what I'm doing now just sucks. Right. Because right. right now I think what I'm doing is fucking awesome. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm one that like, like I like, um, I I I let myself be proud of myself. Sure. I let myself and that's enjoy good. what I'm doing. And uh, and I think and I think it's good and I think do I see people that are better? Fuck yeah! I right. love it and I love how good they are and it's inspiring to me. Yeah. And then I just and I was, so that was like I just I can't wait till I'm so good that I just look back and go oh my god it's so that's so cute that I thought that was right. so good. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's that's that's the hope is that. Yeah. But it will happen. Yeah. It will happen just yeah. like with you. Like your your drawing has. Like it's and it's cool how it happens in those chunks. It's like six months ago you were like real like obvious improvement, and I agree with you. And then like six months later, three months ago, yeah, was like another just jump in like damn kid, we're fucking like killing I, it. I had a weird experience probably about a month ago where I did this portrait. Um, and it was funny because I so this year I'm trying to do 365 portraits of like artists and people that inspire me basically and you know it's roughly one per day but there are some days where I've done more than one yeah. some days I just like the days that I work open to close yeah. I can't get a painting done that day but I can get a couple sketches done um, and uh, I did this this woman who is from Sweden had commissioned a couple paintings of her dog last year and she, but she's a model over there and I you know she posted a lot of photos and I was like do you mind if I use one of these as a she's like no go ahead and 
it's it's one of the it, it's one of the paintings that I'm most proud of. I mean, when I did it, I actually said to a friend of mine, I said, I think I just did the best painting I've ever oh, done. Cool. And then I I had a panic afterwards, and I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. fuck. And she's like, what? And I was like, that means I have to do high quality stuff all of it. And she's yeah, like, yeah. shut up. She's yeah. like, you do. I was like, no. But for me, it was like. It's taking another step, and I was like, "Okay, so I've raised my own bar, so I got to keep meeting that." Yeah, so, awesome. you know, it's it's a it's it's it's, it's a, a great challenge it's to have gift, for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I actually was I was thinking about that today with you. I was I took a couple of photos the other day that um, I was going to see if you wanted to draw, sure, or, or and or paint. Yeah, yeah. Like them. It's funny because I've reached out to a couple different people. I mean, I, I did a painting of Judy about two months ago that she had posted. It's funny because a lot of times I'll just see a photo and in my head I'll get two or three seconds of what it would look like as a yeah, painting. Yeah. And the fun thing about that is it never comes out quite the way I pictured it, but striving to get it as close as it looks in my head before that image disappears is sort of the challenge for me. Yeah. And I was like, you know, and I reached out to her um, and I was like, do you mind if I, and she's like, you can, anything I post, feel free. Uh, and I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, it's, I work a lot from photos. It's almost yeah. exclusive. That's what I thought, I actually. I, yeah. saw, I saw a couple of, you, couple of your, uh, your uh, kind of that figure drawing of a woman in a tank top kind of thing. Mm, I'm trying to remember what uh, it, was. it was sort of like a jaw to, to, to rib cage. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really nice stuff. Yeah. Very well captured. Really, really good. Um, and I and I, I thought that must have been from a photo. Yeah, a lot of them, a lot of the like series that I've been doing now are actually like reference photos that I've taken myself. I took a bunch of reference photos on my trip too. I have a couple friends that I've painted several times, and uh, two of them lived in Arizona. They're like, do you want to take photos while you're here? I'm like, sure. Uh, and I've got one friend who's got like jet black hair, and she's she's. Italian, Navajo, and Mexican. So she's one of the few people who has legitimate black hair. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it's not dyed, and it's like all raven those, hair. All the, yeah, all those uh, races have like no option. Right. It's just because <laughs> everyone else with quote unquote black hair, it's it's dark brown. Yeah. And because you know the light hits it, and you don't you see, see it. it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's, yeah with her, so. But the nice thing about that is, because a lot of times when I paint, I, if I do uh, female form, a lot of times I'll change the hair color, and I usually, like, a lot of times I'll do blue hair, just for some reason, it kind of gives it an otherworldliness, but other than other colors, like greens and reds and pinks, it doesn't quite do it, but for some reason, blue does, so... It works really well using reference photos of someone well, with black blue, hair. That's interesting because blue is sort of white, which is sort of blonde, so it's sort yeah. of natural. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I was thinking about looking at snow. Yeah. And my son pointed this out to me in a, in a walk in the in the woods one day. Yeah. Because he's a he's an illustrator. He's oh, an artist, okay. Uh, he goes to Mass Art, senior oh, cool. Mass Art. And uh, he was like, and he 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 actually. I'd say you kind of introduced me to the idea, which is, I'm, I'm hesitating because I'm thinking how disappointing that was that I never picked up this in my, yeah. own, my own world, yeah. but uh, to look at light as color. And so he was like, just like, he's like, right now, look at the snow and the snow isn't white. Right. Like, look at all the colors. And I was like, 
all of a sudden I, I was just like, oh my god, yeah. the snow is like blue, yeah, and, and or orange yeah. or yellow, and it was like that is crazy. Yeah. Like snow with shadows from trees is anything but white and black. Oh yeah, oh, or yeah. I should say everything but white and black. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and that's such an interesting like. Because I don't draw and I don't paint, yeah. and uh, it just made so much sense. Like, oh, so that I now I totally get it. Like the whole building up of colors yeah. creates shape and creates like depth and dimension. Yeah, but that's something Amazing. that you can also take with you as a photographer. Oh yeah, absolutely, know, for sure. Yeah, I'm training myself to see light, to yeah. see in light, to see in shadow, to see in depth, color. Yeah, it's neat. I did a painting. Uh, it was it's funny. Um, talking about Nate Laven, talking about him. He bought a painting that I did a while ago, and it's up in his barn. And I didn't forget about the painting, but I was reminded of it when I was over at his house, and I was like, oh, right, I did that. So I did a, a watercolor portrait of a friend of mine who's African-American, and he's very dark-skinned. And it was one of those things that, um, yeah, because living in Seacoast, New Hampshire, yeah. one of the whitest Not a ton spot. of reference. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. <laughs> to I, say the again, least. Going, going back to the, the girl from... Uh, Colorado because she's talking about coming out for a visit and you know I was like it's one of the whitest places in the world because she's like she's like you know I'm brown right because she's she's Mexican and I was like yeah I did pick up on that Uh, she's like I need diversity I'm like I understand but drawing my friend uh, diversity is all white yeah which is by diverse where she's you know what she's used to exactly (laughs) Um, I mean she lives in Colorado but she's from Texas but uh when I did this painting of my friend, who's African American, it was one of the first times that I had really done a study of something. And I was like, it's interesting how a whole new vision, how, right? how the skin, like, it doesn't absorb the light as much as it just reflects it. And I was like, it's oh, yeah. like lots of purples and blues and oh, everything. Yeah. And it was really yeah. cool because there's very little. I didn't use that and much brown yellow, paint. Right? Would there be like yeah, yeah, yellows right? and oranges too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, but it was. There's very little actual brown paint that I used. Right. It was a whole color spectrum. Crazy, right? Isn't that yeah. cool? Yeah, that's so really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, that was the side note. That was the single like best thing about being in Seattle was the diversity. Yeah. The town that I was the uh, the uh, you call it like the neighborhood in. So, you know, cities are often made up of a bunch of neighbors. So I was in Columbia City. Okay. That's where the house was. And uh, and at one point, Columbia City was the most diverse zip code in the country. Really? So that was like, that was just so fucking amazing. Because yeah. again, coming from Boston to New Hampshire, I married at... Uh, my first wife my was Puerto Rican. Okay. So my kids in New Hampshire are the kids of color. Right. And and there's like my daughter has like green blue eyes and sort of fair gets very tan but fairer skin. Like, right. She would walk in here you might not think anything you might just think kind of Irish Italian. Sure. Maybe. And then, uh, but my son, you'd think like, oh, who's the dark kid? He's like really, really dark, yeah. uh, hairy, big brown eyes, like pointy cheekbones. Uh, he picked up a lot of the Puerto Rican. My daughter picked up a lot of the Irish. Yeah. Um, but so white that my kids were like the kids of color to the point where like they would like my son like kids talked about it. Yeah. Like one, he he came to me at one point and he said. 
the kid, he, at one point he says, so what am I? There's like white and black. Right. And he's like, so what am I? And I was like, what do you, he's like, well, you know, like, like mom's family is like Puerto Rican and you're Irish. So like, what am I? And I was like, you're just like beige. Like, right. <laughs> I go, you're beige. Yeah. So move on. And then he, uh, but at the, at the, at the time, uh, his friends were at one point he comes to me and he says, this kid said that I should, that I'm, I'm a, I should be a good jumper. And I was like, what do you mean jumper? And he's like, because I met, cause they think that I'm Mexican. So I should be good at jumping over walls. I was like, oh, that's like, welcome to New Hampshire. Right. Like, oh, and the kid probably wasn't intentionally trying to be offensive. It was just like his logic. He was like being funny. Right. Right. And it was like, uh, huh. yeah. And that's like four kids in yeah. his whole high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's the black kid, the Asian kid. Right. And the the gay kid, the right. trans kid. Right. And then everybody and then else. everyone else. Well, when I, so I lived in Silver Spring, Maryland for five years before moving to New Hampshire in 1988. I remember my first day of school and I was like, Silver Spring, Maryland's like 20 minutes outside of DC. Right. Oh yeah. And it was probably mostly black. Uh, it was, it was, 50, 50. it was actually mostly the Silver Spring, Maryland. It was mostly a Jewish community, but there was a fair amount of African-Americans yeah. in it too. And so when I first day of school here in New Hampshire, I was like, where are all the black people? And they're like, oh, we don't have those here. Yeah. So, they're although... Not, they're not bus this far. Remember busing? Yeah. Like, that was, like, my school. Yeah. Like, in Newton, because we were, like, seven miles out of the city, we literally had the black kids bust in. Right. Yeah. Which is... I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I don't know how they feel about that. Yeah. It was intense. Like, yeah. like you're busing black kids in from Dorchester... And Mattapan, like like from rough neighborhoods right. as far as Boston goes, and you're busing him into like one of the most affluent, also very high Jewish communities. Yeah. Yeah. Newton is very high Jewish, and um, but white Jewish, but affluent, literally in the country. Yeah, like, and you're busing these kids in there. Yeah, it's like I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, but. In, in retrospect, like in, in uh, thinking back, um, uh, I don't I don't remember a lot of tension. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of racial tension. Yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting. I never really I haven't really thought about it in a long time. And I'm sure I don't, I don't remember racial tension. I just remember kids. Yeah, and like yeah, I remember like athletes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just remember kids. Like the yeah. kids are on my sports team. And, yeah. Uh, there were some musicians and like kids that were performers and, yeah. and just I just remember yeah it's that's interesting yeah living in Arizona for four years it seemed and again you know I'm sure other people have different perspectives on it uh, there was much lower racial tension between uh, African Americans and Caucasians there was a lot of tension between Hispanic yeah. people um, and not even so much between between other people, but you know, the government, and you know, I mean, it's a yeah. it's a prison state. So, um, but it, and then when I moved further north in the state, um, 
the Native Americans, there was, you know, factions between that yeah. too, but it was just kind of like, oh, it was interesting living in a place where there's no real tension between black and white people. It yeah. was, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the brown and red, to use the basic terms. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Well, it was interesting about um, Seattle too, about like being in that environment was, was I, I would, I'd say I felt more tension between males and females between than I did between races. Sure. Um, I would I would go into a restaurant and literally be the only white person in there, and there was zero tension. Sure. I didn't feel any. Yeah. I didn't sense any. I didn't. It was just like it was. It was I was I, I was practically a minority as a white guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I fe- I felt way more tension as a male. Yeah. As a white male. Yeah. I felt tension well I mean at this point in history you know you and I and every other white male are persona non grata and and kind of fairly so you know (laughs) historically speaking we've done some shit so you know uh, and I kind of I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for the the whining white males who are no. like, why don't, and I'm just like, all right, dude, it's, yeah. it's time for us to, you know, Take get some shit. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was funny, um, not funny, but, uh, someone that I know a little bit, um, but I, I've done some stuff through Wrong Brand. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with Wrong yep, yep. But they had a meeting this past week, which I wasn't at, but afterwards there was a, you know, a forum online and someone said, you know, hey, as a, someone who, yeah, identifies as other, you know, not male or female, I was talking in this meeting and a guy cut me off and they said, you know, if you're, you know, and said, I, I don't feel comfortable speaking up and saying hey shut your mouth or whatnot but if you're a male and you notice this shit and you call yourself an ally you can use your position to say hey you spoke up over her they whatever and so you so as that person of of uh, influence yeah you have to recognize uh, both uh, that that person overspoke and that and that that person got a, got like sort of put in the back seat yeah and and or do you have to notice a person got put in the back seat or do you just have to notice that that person out miss miss timed their right. speak and do you just uh, regardless say we're waiting turns like we're yeah. being polite here I think I mean I, it, it's gonna vary from person to person yeah. like like every other human but again like I said being you know white male if I'm okay with speaking up if I see that and being corrected yeah. by the other person you don't need to speak for me okay I apologize but I'd, I would rather I would rather be in the wrong for saying something yeah yeah in someone's defense yeah. than being in the wrong for not saying right. something in someone's defense. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a nuance. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's tough and we're, you know, we're learning all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, you know, like, and then the white male in that scenario also has the opportunity to not be that kind of person. Right. I'm not the kind of person who wants to speak out. Yeah. I might be a white male, but I might still be meek. Yeah. I might still be shy. Yeah. I might still be... Yeah. 
I might still have my own opinion. Sure. I've, uh, it's interesting because having done stand-up comedy a bunch, doing this all the time, a lot of people find it hard to believe when I tell them that I'm like incredibly shy right. and like it doesn't come natural to me. I was like, but a couple of years ago, around the time like when the art really started kind of being my focus, I said. I need to stop doing stuff that quote unquote comes natural to me because I was I wasn't happy with where I was in my life and I was like I've gotten to this point by doing by following my instincts and I'm like I need to mix it up for myself and I need to make myself uncomfortable and try some stuff and I've definitely tried some stuff and I'm like yeah that is definitely not for me but now I can say definitively but then there's been some happy accidents where I'm like cool I never would have tried that and I'm a big I'm a firm believer in in that yeah Uh, my wife is not at all it's like we, we actually have like we don't really argue but we'll disagree yeah like on the verge of heated but yeah. always like very respectful but we uh, that is something we disagree on she's just like no because she <laughs> she is like the the last person on the planet that would like volunteer to get up and like you know sure. I got this <laughs> yeah, yeah. like not but um, but and and she also um, sort of strongly feels like no it just isn't for everybody yeah it just isn't like and, and so why should I push and and so i okay yeah you're right yeah um but but that being said much like you um some i think also again much like you as i think i'm 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 supporting what i'm thinking um through practice and through through uh example it might seem like i might be this kind of person but it's an effort you know what i mean it's 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 a it's a game face. Yeah. You know, it's like okay, here we go. Yeah. I'm gonna do this, and um, but I but I still like but I have I have found through experience that only good comes from it. Sure. Because at the very least you learn something. Yeah. At the very least you learned it wasn't for you. Yeah. At oh, the yeah, very for sure. least you learned at the, or at the very most you learned that. Oh, I was uncomfortable. I was awkward. I was embarrassed, right. and all this stuff, and nothing, and nothing. Here yep. I am, yep. and people, if you know, like, and I still feel all that. And people still came up and went, "That was awesome," or right. like, "That was funny," or like, "Good job," or right. like, "Or I could never do that," right. any sort of thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I've been. I kind of had this. I've taken on this. Um, mantra kind of, of of just like I I will say yes like you know like the first play I was in um, someone the woman who was directing it knew that I had taken some acting classes we were just friends and she was just like hey you know it's a they're always looking for males in 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 uh, uh, local theater type sure and so will you be in this play and I was like yes what, what's the plan? Right. You know what I mean? I know anything yes, about then, it. Yeah, yeah. What's the next step? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then get the information. Because I was like, Cause, you know, I will grow from that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's funny because I've, you know, I did, I produced and acted in a play this past summer and then I had done some acting uh, when I first came back five years ago. I had done it a bunch before, but it was one of those things that I was like, 
I like it, but it's it's a lot of work it is for me to work. do it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I could see myself doing this like once every couple years. I'm like, because I have friends who do plays every six weeks. Yeah, I know. And I'm like uh, every play. Yeah, like they're always in. Yeah, know? yeah. And I'm just like, I don't, I, I, it's, I don't have it in. Yeah, but I don't either. I also have. I got too much know, else in me. Yeah, I've got enough other creative stuff that keeps me satisfied that I'm like, I don't need to do that all the time. Yeah, but it is fun. Oh yeah, oh my god, I have so much fun doing it. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a rush of being on stage and that immediate feedback of performing for a live audience that you really don't get doing anything else. But it's funny, like, because I've been in a band, I've done stand-up comedy, I've done acting, and it's a different rush for all three. Right, right. I can imagine. Yeah, I did a talk. With uh, do you know Mike uh, Tiexera? Uh. Um, the uh, the Pikachu talks. Mm. You ever heard of those? Pikachu. Uh. Um, I think I'm pronouncing it right. The woman told me just think of Pikachu, and you'll yeah. be able to say it because it's like Pikachu. Mm. Um, but it was it's 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 kind of a cool speaking engagement, and the idea is that it's like uh, you have. Um, you're gonna speak. I can't remember how long it is. It's a very quick little talk. We could do the math, but it's 20, 20 slides. So you have 20 images that are gonna appear on the screen that you decide what they are. And they all are there for 20 seconds. And they just rotate every mm. 20 seconds. And you, and then you talk for 20 times 20. 20. Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, and so he reached out to me and he, you know, it was the same sort of thing. He reached out, he's like, hey, would you like to do this talk? And I was like, yes. What, yeah. what, and then I was like, what's it about? Like, yeah. what is it? And then he told me this whole thing and it's like, everyone does the same thing. So that was, that was a fun, huh. just, just do it. And, and again, like very different. It wasn't yeah. acting. It wasn't, I wasn't, I had no supporting cast. It wasn't any like stuff like that. It yeah. was just like me talk about, and the, 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 uh, the topic was passion. Huh. The topic is I talk about something you're passionate about. Yeah. So I spoke, you'd probably appreciate this, I spoke to being passionate about being passionate. Yeah. I said, my thing is like, I envision saying, going to like my kids and being like, oh, I'm going to do a talk about what I'm passionate about. They'd be like, uh, yeah, which, like what? Right. Like pick one. Right. Like, what, I don't know, what time is it? Like, you're right. pa- you know, right. 20 seconds later, you'll be passionate about something else. Right. So I spoke about that. And I just had, I had uh, 20 photographs that I took just rotating and I didn't speak to the photographs. Yeah. And I think everybody else spoke to the photographs. So their talks were kind of timed to the yeah. photographs. And I told the audience, like, they're just going to be going. And when they're done, just let me know and I'll know when I'm done. Right. That's cool. <laughs> Which no one did. And I right. just like, kept going. But, uh, but yeah, I just spoke about, you know, let yourself, let yourself be passionate. Yeah. If you're passionate just do it yeah and don't worry about anything yeah that's the gist of it well because you're going to attract other passionate people you yeah. know right. to your passion yeah. when, when it's honest um, that, and that's the biggest thing too is just like for me kind of embracing like art embracing the stuff that I was passionate about and like it's tended to weed out a lot of the unhealthy people in my life naturally over time yeah because they'll be oh yeah that's interesting there was an immediate pushback of I don't think you should be doing x y and z Uh, this is the this is the 
you know, you're 40 years old. Right. You shouldn't be doing this. Right, you shouldn't. Right. And I was like, after a while, it's like, yeah, well, this is what I'm going to do. So if you don't like it, cool. You don't have to. You don't have to check you can it go out. Go do your thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. What? Uh, totally random when you were talking, but what's it feel like getting tattooed on the palm of your hand? So. It's uh, do you have both? Palms? It's like, no, I'm I'm saving for the right image. Yeah, I haven't picked what that's going to be yeah. yet. For those listening, uh, so Chris is pretty heavily tattooed. I mean, to most people that I know, I, I have a lot of tattoos, but I'm pretty sure you you have more <laughs> tattoos than me because I see some peeking up there yeah, too. Yeah. Are you, you got the whole torso? Uh, pretty much. No, I, I have big chest panels. Yeah. I have a lot on my legs. I have nothing on my back yet. I gotcha. And I have I only have one down on my like lower yeah. abdomen, uh, but arms totally covered. And, yeah. You know, palms and shoulders and all that. Uh, but yeah, the palm is. I can't. Yeah, I mean, and that looked that. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, showing yeah, him the yeah. heel of my left hand. That looked yeah. that way four days after I had it done. Right. It wasn't. I mean, the hands are tricky. Yeah. Well, and, when I was doing it, um, do you know these guys next door? I don't. I yeah, my so. my brother's been tattooed by them. My brother owns a recording studio here in town. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, uh, the, yeah, the, oh, yeah. The noise floor. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Nick has tattooed him. Yeah, yeah. So Nick, Nick and I are good friends. I'm good friends with all those guys over there, and, and I actually did a lot of the construction over there. So, okay. Um, I get tattooed over there a lot, and. Um, but when I went in to get my palm done, Steve did it. Do you know? Do you know them over there, Steve Minerva, Nick mm, Phillips? And no. So, so uh, Nick, uh, Steve was gonna do it, and then at, Nick wasn't tattooing anyone at the time, so he was just like, <laughs> you yeah. know, like this is gonna be great. And he 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 pulls up an image of someone getting their palm tattoo that had their hand just totally taped down to yeah. the you know to the table, and uh, and I was like, and I you know like I was like. I just I'm not gonna need that. Right. Like it's gonna be like I know it's gonna be bad. I'm right. not gonna need that. And uh and like like it's a small it's a heart. Yeah. So it's it's just one line. So there's no shade. Which is almost worse sometimes though. Well the lining is it tends to hurt, but it's it's you know, it isn't huge, but the, the deal is is that you know your calluses are so tough that it's like it's just go over it, go over it, yeah, go over yeah. it, over it. So, break so that. yeah, there's a lot of like a lot of repeat motions yeah. and stuff, and yeah, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, well, especially someone like you who works with their hands for a living. Well, you know, what was interesting about that. Do you have any on your legs? Yeah, yeah. So, so if you might know, like the net, like leg tattoos are the worst. Like when the next day, getting out of bed and like stepping on you. Like if you've ever your calf tattoo, yeah. like getting out of bed and walking across the room is like excruciating. Yeah. Oh yeah, like it's like one step. And then get my leg in the air and have blood rush out of it. Yeah. Another step, do it again. Yeah. Two steps, do it again. But the palm, it was like it was weird. It was like, like when it was done, nothing hurt, huh. and it never hurt again. Interesting. It, it didn't swell. It didn't hurt. It was done. Once it was done, it was done. Yeah. But it hurt. There's yeah. some funny video. Did you, you didn't see any video? No, on? I'll have to look it up. It's some funny video of me just like, like. Like you can just see it building. It's like he's doing it, and you can see my body rising, 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 and then eventually it's just like you see my face, like like just throw in the towel, and then I I make a fist with my other hand, and yeah. I, I'm just like winding up at Steve, and then he stops, and I'm like, Whew. well, especially your hands, like you would think, like my instinct is always to like pull away, if oh, it's, yeah, you yeah. know, and it, you have to fight that instinct yeah. to get it done. It's uh, yeah, it's, I don't think that I don't think I was I've been bad with that, like Steve. Has told me a couple on my uh, a couple on my lower leg. Yeah, you might you must know like 
um, from area to area, day to day is different. Yeah. So like on one leg in the exact same spot was like nothing. And the next leg, the exact same spot, I could barely sit still. It was sure. like crazy. And I, I really think that tattooing sometimes um, comes down to your energy level and sure. what you ate that day and whether you're tired and, and, and your your mental yeah your point mental of view. Yeah. yeah and so like like any like one of my one of my chest sides was like brutal like yeah. I could I couldn't believe how much it hurt and the other one was just really painful yeah you know yeah. like but yeah. it was like totally different yeah. um, and then some like I have a I have a tattoo on my thigh that is like the size of my entire thigh yeah that was one sitting yeah of just sitting there drinking a beer and chatting yeah yeah i have i have a tattoo uh on one of my kneecaps <laughs> that i got on purpose because i heard that the kneecap really hurt and it was basically like a you should have known better this oh, yeah. is this is teaching when you hear that like like right here on the uh, on the bone yeah, of the wrist yeah, yeah like yeah. it's you just hear the you hear the needle rattling on against your bone. the bone you, you yeah. can hear like you can hear your bones hollow it's like yeah <laughs> well, bending the needle i can imagine your kneecaps the whole but i was <laughs> Uh, it sounds weird, but I was disappointed because it really didn't hurt that. Yeah, bad that's at all. what I mean. Like one day, and I was like, damn it! Yeah. And it was especially because it was more like I picked that spot on purpose. Yeah, because it was. You were looking for your cathartic, like. Well, it was. I had had like a uh, an ill-advised uh, entanglement with a young lady, um, and noted. You know, it did. It didn't last very long, and it was funny because I actually I took some lyrics from a song that I liked and I actually had her write it out and then because I have a bunch of lyrics all over me and I get friends to write it out but that one I was just like no I gotta have her do it and because afterwards she's like wait are you getting that as a tattoo I'm like yeah maybe and uh but it, and it wasn't just specifically about that but it was more just like a point in my life where I'm like alright I need to stop doing this because I mean the you know the whole definition of insanity is yeah. repeating the same thing. and I was like this will be a reminder to myself to stop doing this and if I do it on the kneecap it'll be sort of like a but it, and I was like it didn't really hurt yeah, go, go find me a crazy girl well it was like um, you know that band Queens of the Stone Age right name yeah I'm they like, so they played, um, it was somewhere in Europe, this is like 10 years ago, but they played what they all considered the worst show that they had ever done as far as their performance. Yeah. And the next day, they all went out and got the date of that show tattooed on their ribs, like in between their ribs, because yeah. they're like, it was brutal, and they're like, that was a nice reminder to never sink right. that low again. <laughs> right, so, yeah. yeah. But, uh... No, I think... Yeah, the ribs I hear. I haven't been ribs yet. I, I'm i sort of like... I've thought about doing it just because I'm like, well, I'm a pretty beefy dude right now. It might not hurt as much, you know, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, like, I, I don't know. I have a I have a back piece in mm-hmm. mind. There's a there's a real famous um, back piece. Uh, famous tattoo artist Tom DeVita has his back done with this. Like, and it's it's cool because it's an entire back piece, but it's sort of a standalone dragon. Yep. So the dragon goes like neck to ass, but there's not a lot other than just the dragon. Right. So it's kind of this cool, gigantic but stark. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, and so I want to get that same piece on my back, and I want Nick and Steve to do it at the same time. 
So I just want to like have both of them. Just, yeah, working at the yeah, same time. Just like, like have you ever had that done? Have you ever had no, two artists? Neither have no, I. Yeah, but. which I'm, I, and some of it, will, like I just know it will hurt. Yeah. Lot. Like I can just picture where on my back it will kill, and some yeah. other spots won't. But it almost makes sense that two people do. But I figure if they just fucking go at it, because Nick's really fast, Steve isn't as fast, and so the two of them will just still fucking like, like yeah. bang it out. Yeah. And uh, it's like a bunch of probably line the whole fucking thing in like one sitting. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe Nick will be shading while Steve's finishing his line. But. Right. Right. <laughs> And then it'll be like two or three more sessions for the coloring. Yeah. Which would be pretty fast for a whole back. Sure. These, sure. Yeah. Four or five sittings. Yeah, I have a I have a piece on my back, but it's basically just just outline and there's not a whole lot of details. So yeah. that, that maybe took like two hours. Yeah. It was a really cool um, so Nick and I drove down to New York. So my my best friend from childhood is this like world famous tattoo artist. And uh, and so he was doing an event in New York City. I think it was King's Ave Tattoo Shop. And uh, and uh, so so my friend Scott was friends with Tom DeVito, that guy. And there's a yeah. there's a really you'll have this recorded, so it will help you remember. But watch the Vice the Vice documentary on Tom DeVito. Okay. Awesome, awesome show, and really crazy, crazy cool character. But just old school New York City like way back in the day right. like he's he, he's gotta be mid 80s now he's like old is he still tattooing no like I think last I heard the only thing he tattoos is his signature and it's like he has like he's shaky like right. he might even be Parkinson's like he's yeah. he's shaky so but he'll tattoo his signature but not often sure so he was putting on this event where he were so my friend Scott helped him sort of curate curated an art show at King's Ave for Tom's artwork. And I hope I'm getting the tattoo shop right. I'm pretty sure it was King's Ave. Um, And Scott, for that weekend, was doing, like, I think he was doing something like 50 tattoos, and it was supposed to be, like, his last tattoos ever. Yeah. And so people were, like, booking in advance. And so Scott, um, Nick kind of like I called Scott like we want to come down and he, right. he so he booked Nick so we would all drive down so we all drove down and had this it was amazing it was like, nice. you can imagine it was an amazing event like all these crazy like really really cool tattoo characters and you know figures and, and um, but there's this really cool event where this guy walks into the tattoo shop had no idea this was going on and just comes in the tattoo shop probably like seven eight o'clock at night parties in like full swing this guy walks in he's like the hell's going on it's like oh this, you know this guy I don't know if you've heard of him but like Tom DeVita it's a big thing and he's like uh, yeah like I have that piece on my back yeah so he takes off his shirt Tom DeVita takes off his shirt and the two of these guys are like standing, standing side by yeah. side everyone's like taking these photographs of like this iconic tattoo that's probably it is probably 50 years old, if not older, yeah. next to, like, this 20-something-year-old guy. Right, right. I mean, I don't know how old, maybe five years old. Right. Maybe, you know, yep. just these two tattoos. It was really, cool. really special, kind of cool event. Nice. Yeah, it was really neat. Cool. Yeah, it was fun. 
Well, that's uh, that seems like a good uh, high point to end on. <laughs> right on, bro. Awesome. Well, it was cool chatting with you. Yeah, man. right on. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate you doing it. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to uh, we'll have to hang out some other time. Absolutely. Cool. All right, bro.